Welcome to the Flow Podcast. Hi, Andy. How you Hi, doing? Ian. I'm all right. Thanks, yeah. Good. So we've not done one of these for a little while. So I think last time was back in October and you were just about to get onto a plane to uh, South Africa. So uh, how did that go? Well, so a lot's gone on since then, the last yeah. couple of months. But yeah. Uh, yeah, South Africa is amazing. And in fact, one of the most encouraging, if not the most encouraging thing this year, not saying something is what's happened in South Africa. Yeah. We launched over there um, in February. And uh, in eight short months, it's amazing what's happened. So, you know, we were kicking off our first Eden team in a place called Salt River. We did a proximity conference. Uh, Sam Ward came out with me. We saw their new business. They're doing the Enterprise Center stuff, which is an ice cream business. Works in Cape Town, doesn't work in Manchester. Yeah. And so we got <laughs> the first uh, ex-offenders working on that. Uh, I went to minister in prison, saw some guys come to Christ in these incredibly tough prisons in a place called Drakenstein. Uh, where Nelson Mandela came out of prison, you remember that. So we're we're doing a, a job readiness program, but really evangelistic, presenting these uh, former gangsters with Christ and then giving them the opportunity to get a job. It's just beautiful. It's it's the same stuff we're doing in Manchester, uh, but it's happening so fast. Yeah, and it, the the team out there are just so impressive, aren't they? Both the kind of guys who um, have sort of the leaders over there, but also the some of the guys who've actually had a you know a very difficult upbringing of have come to Christ in prison and now are part of the team. Yeah, they're, they're great, great, aren't they? Yeah, fantastic. We also uh, forgot to say, uh, we I also. Uh, interviewed and saw the the four members of the first mission team creative team out there so they're coming over to manchester to be trained and sent back to cape town to reach young people for christ in these tough communities from may june next year so it's all happening and it's the same stuff but contextualized for south africa and i'm convinced it's going to go all over south africa and then all over Africa. Sounds a bit of a big dream, but it's going to happen. Absolutely. Yeah, and what were you saying then? You were saying about the, yeah, <laughs> the guys on the team yeah. who have come to Christ in prison. Yeah. yeah. One of the lovely things that happened at the Proximity Conference was that yeah. uh, we were putting it out there for Eden workers because we've got our first team, 14 people moved into this Salt River. We've got our second team on the map in Pelican Park, but you could do dozens of Edens all over Cape Town and beyond in South Africa. So we were asking for workers and a bunch of guys all ex-offenders of some of them like formerly Cape Town's most wanted man is one of them and there uh, and this pastor who has uh, done time in prison for all sorts of crimes they came to see us about half a dozen of these really cool black guys say can we please do an Eden team in Nyanga mm. now Nyanga's like crime capital of of one of the crime capitals of the world one of the most dangerous places um, and these guys want to move into this slum area build church, love the community. And it's just fantastic because, you know, it's like, how do you do Eden in these terribly, terribly deprived areas where it's 95% black unless you've got guys from that community who want to do it and they do. And so we're like, yes, please. So we'll soon have an Eden team in Yanga, which will be really exciting. Yeah, and it's exciting, isn't it? Because the kind of the three things that we've been doing here in Manchester, the the creative arts, that's all happening. Got the guys coming over, as you said. You know, the enterprise stuff's kind of kicking off now as well. That's all happening in their entrepreneur program they're doing in prison, all that stuff. And 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 Eden is is starting to flourish there already. And and the thing only started what nine nine months ago, ten months ago, Amazing. some of that. It is incredible, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so they got about twenty staff and. Lots of big dreams, so it's great. And I'll be back again in February to 
cheer them on and so brilliant absolutely and one of the other things that's happened in the last couple of months is we've had our vision night i know lots of you came it was a great evening and um, i'm just going to show you uh, listen to a little clip of some of the highlights Have a shout to King Jesus. Come on. My life has changed, and I want to let everyone know because it's real. So when Jesus came into my life, he turned a heart of hatred, a heart of bitterness, a heart of pain into a heart of love, and a heart of love and of peace and joy. It was the declaration of the gospel that delivered me. What a brilliant night. How good is God? So that clip ended, uh, Andy, with uh, the guy who spoke on the evening, uh, Mo Timbo. He's got an incredible story, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, in some ways, Mo is like the message bottled, I think. Um, He's an amazing evangelist. Funny thing was, at Vision Night, I mean, Vision Night is a night of prayer and worship for our supporters. And Mo said to me, I'm going to speak, but I'd like to do an appeal. Um, And for nearly for the first time ever in my life, I said, well, Mo, it's probably not the event to, you know, ask people to come to Christ because they're all Christians. But Mo, like every time I speak anywhere, I like to invite people to become Christians. You never know. And so he did. And sure enough, two people came to Christ on the night, which was just a beautiful thing. And that's him. He's an evangelist, out and out, loves Christ, loves winning people for Christ. But a former gangster who, you know, uh, our prisons team were very, very involved in when he was in prison. And and uh, we've been working with Mo and cheering him on. And we're going to support him now as he plants a church in Hull. So we're working what that can look like, how we can provide mission and resource. And, and he's amazing. And the thing that the most moving thing I, I think I've heard this year was Mo, when he preached at New Wine and again Christian Conference did a full on appeal and lots of people came to Christ that night it's just amazing to watch but um, he said I used to deal death because I was a heroin dealer a cocaine dealer you know he was a thoroughly bad person and now I deal life and he's this beautiful guy with a lovely wife and bringing up a daughter in the Lord and planting church it's just ace yeah, it is amazing. And what, obviously the, what we did for, for um, Vision Night this year was it was Urban Heroes Where Than Now and, and Mo was one of our Urban Hero Award winners, but we had loads of others on the night yeah. as well, didn't we? And actually just hearing those stories of, you know, people who became Christians through the work of the message over the last sort of seven or eight years, um, actually doing really well and going on with God yeah. and, you know, involved in church leadership and involved in all kinds of mission all over the place. It was yeah. so encouraging, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, brilliant. And uh, what... What we've been saying and one of our little mantras is the only thing Jesus is counting is disciples. It's okay to get hands in the air in prison, in school or whatever, but we want disciples, followers of Christ, that will multiply that. And we're seeing more of that than ever, which is, that's what we live for. Yeah. And you were saying at Prayer Day um, that you bumped into someone um, a week or so ago who became a Christian through the tribe a long, long time ago. Yeah, that's right, a girl called <laughs> Melissa, um, who... 
so this must be 1995 or 1996. I went to her school in Titherington. Yeah. And I remember this girl because it was it was uh, children in need. And she told me that she got sponsored to give me a kiss on stage. And I was like, oh, man, this is probably a bit inappropriate. But she's done it now. So I had to give her a kiss in front of the whole school with all the school laughing. And uh, and that was on the Thursday. And on the Friday night, this girl gave her life to Christ. And and um, it was great. And then, you, 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 you know, you pray and hope she'll go on and anyway she came to one of our events before christmas here um like some christmas market we had at the enterprise center i said oh melissa great good to see you i said what are you doing now she said oh i'm the children's worker at heard phil parish church and uh, she was there with her own children and her husband and and uh I just thought, you know, you sow that seed into that one life, but every week now, here's this woman who's investing in children with the gospel and leading them to Christ. And that's just amazing, isn't it? Absolutely. And we hear it all the time, don't we? We, uh, we had another guest at Prayer Day, Tash, who some yeah. of you might remember, um, became a Christian through uh, one of our Eden teams. Um you know had had a very difficult background and again mm. is just out there doing the work isn't she yeah so what's what's tasha up to well natasha she's uh she was with eden hattersley and it was a massive roller coaster with all her brokenness and all all the you know baggage she came into the kingdom with and, and you, oh, you know jesus deals with your sin once and for all when you become a christian but there's a process of sanctification and often for people like tasha that's a massive roller coaster and she she so she did academy, she joined an Eden team, and then she kept to all sorts of problems and ended up going to a sort of rehab thing, but came right through, uh, really, really going for it. And she's now uh, on the full-time staff of an amazing project in Sheffield that's rescuing trafficked women. Wow. And she's pouring her life into these hurting women. And just to see her looking fantastic, serving God after all the stuff she's been through and, and she's using that now to bless others. That, that's, and that's the way it works. And, and it's meant, uh, it's needed a team of people who would just work through all that stuff, journey with Tash for years and mm. pour their lives into her. And now she's ready to pour the, her life into others, which is the beautiful thing of the gospel, isn't it? Absolutely. Amazing. So the uh, so soon after Vision Night, um, you hopped on another plane and yeah. uh, went off to Canada. So what was what was that trip all about, Andy? Well, as you know, we we strongly feel this next season that it, it's right to become the worldwide message tribe. We don't want to go for uh, undisciplined pursuit of growth. We want to do it at the right pace. But we also feel there's a there's a kind of a momentum. There's lots of people want to see message type ministry. First international hub, South Africa, and that's got off to such a great start. We're looking at other places and we had an invitation. So I went to network and speak a bit at this big church planting conference in Vancouver, meet lots of the key players. I also uh, went to preach at a fantastic potential partner church uh, called Coastal in Vancouver and, um, and meet lots of people do a kind of networking lunch and and there was a real sense that this could be the next place we're not definitely doing it there's more there's more negotiating more networking more praying more planning but uh, we we hope that canada may well open to up to us in 2015 so we can just not that we're going to be the silver bullet for mission in canada but if we can add something particularly in terms of heart for the poor and out and out mission and evangelism we'd love to do that so uh came back quite optimistic that we're going to see and, and we got more you know even uh, a couple of days time we'll be having more skype meetings and planning towards that so yeah amazing 
And I guess one of the other things that we've sort of been working on for a little while now that we've that we actually kind of launched at this massive festival praise event that we did. Uh, um, well, we were sort of one of the partners on uh, in the city centre of Manchester a few weeks ago. Um, is is Illuminate that we're working in partnership with Light On? Just tell us a little bit about Illuminate. Cause I'm not sure we've told people about it on the podcast yet. Yeah. Well. Earlier this year, uh, early last year in May, yeah. I um, I went away for a bit of a retreat in the Lake District, just trying to seek the Lord, and and I really felt God speaking to me, particularly out of Isaiah sixty, about it's time to start assembling large numbers of young people again. You know, we've been very focused on Eden and prisons ministry, and of course the Enterprise Centre. It's all fantastic stuff, and we haven't done so many big evangelistic gigs. And maybe there's been a swing even across the church. I think it's worldwide, but particularly in the UK, towards social engagement, which is great, and towards social action, community transformation, lots of debt relief stuff, lots of food banks, all this great stuff that Christians have got to be doing. And there's a gospel imperative, but, you know, we must proclaim the gospel as well. You, you take If we don't proclaim the gospel, we're never going to see the, the transformation we want to see. And I just felt... Two things, actually. First thing, youth culture is truly messed up. 20-odd years we've been doing this and still, you know, the record suicide and self-harm and eating disorders amongst our young people. It's just wrong. Our kids have got more stuff than ever, but so many are broken and lost. And uh, so I was bothered about that. I also sensing that, you know, not a lot of people are proclaiming the gospel in a big way. There's people doing good stuff in churches, of course, but, you know, citywide, big, grab the attention, stick the lamp on a stand stuff. So, and, and uh, Lindsay West and Light team have been thinking the same thing. So we came together after I got back from the, uh, from the Lake District and we come up with this dream, Illuminate Your City. So it's going to be 50 schools, missions, all our bands, LZ7, lots of other people coming to a, a city, 50 schools, and then booking the biggest arenas in town. For us in Manchester, it means five nights at the Manchester Apollo in March 2016. But we're going to gather people around the country and say, do you want this? It's almost certainly going to happen in Sheffield. Uh, but we're hoping it will just, the dream is, could we relentlessly go for city after city for the next five years, try and present the gospel to two million young people and pray like crazy for 200,000 disciples. Because I think if we could see 200,000 more young people naming the name of Christ and living like it, it could be a culture changing number. It could take us over 10%. And all the evidence is if you can get 10%, uh, we don't need 51% to change culture. All the evidence is 10% who really buy in, who serve Jesus, who love their friends, who live differently, that could do it. So we're going for it. Even if we fail, we're going to have a right good go at this one because we're excited about the potential yeah. to change a nation. How about that? That's a big dream, but why not dream big? Absolutely. And it's kind of nice that we're going back to the, to the Apollo as well because it's kind of home for us. Really. Yeah. It's sort of where the message started in, in so many ways. And, and and also we did many gigs there over many years. We've preached the gospel in that venue yeah. <laughs> probably more than many others, really. So it's, it's kind of fun to be going back there as well, isn't it? Definitely. That's where it all started, 1988, with a week in that venue. And yeah. uh, we used to do life there monthly and so we're back and we're excited about it and we might even finish we might do four nights of full-on evangelism and the fifth night that's some kind of like a planet life worship service but 
don't worry, the Worldwide Message Tribe won't be performing. It'll be, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be much cooler than that. Good stuff, good stuff. So, so it's been a busy year, hasn't it? So, I mean, we obviously talked about quite a lot of things there that have happened in the last few months, but it's been an incredible year, hasn't it? We talked about South Africa earlier on and, and all that's happening there. What are some of your other highlights of this year, Andy? Well, um, uh, the year started, uh, the, our last day in work um, in 2014, um, no, 2013, uh, yeah. <laughs> when it turned, right. our last day in 2013, yeah. um, Start, ended with a guy called John Bunjo coming in from Uganda who's this amazing prophetic guy and uh, he said that this is the year of open doors the Lord says this is the year he's going to open doors in the most amazing way and absolutely that's what we've experienced you know open doors to other nations open doors to schools we haven't been able to get into open doors to partnership with other ministries just open doors it's been an amazing year of open doors and and uh, right at the end of of 2014 a guy called Jonathan Conroth came in who's an evangelist who's preached the gospel and he's won a couple of hundred thousand people to Christ in I think he said 40 odd different nations you know a guy who's just really seen some significant stuff around the world he came in and uh, we had our meeting and we were talking about how we can partner and maybe we'll work together and illuminate and different things but but at the end I just said let's pray and uh he went all prophetic like, uh, and really got fired up. And he said, the Lord says, uh, Revelation 3, verse 8, um, I've opened a door that no man can shut. And he, then he went on about open doors. The Lord's opened a door and it's not going to shut and the door's going to stay open. And it was just great that the bookends of this year, uh, this is the year of open doors. And then the Lord's saying at the end of the year, I've opened a door that no man can shut really cool and uh, one of the things in Isaiah 60 that's really we've just spent so much time studying recently is uh, the, the gates are open and are going to remain open night and day and so there's that sense in which you know this is a, a great season of opportunity because unless God gives you the open doors what can you do? And we've seen those opportunities just come again and again and again throughout the year haven't we mm. so I mean, one of the, my highlights of the year was uh listening to your interview on 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 five live with Stephen nolan a good yeah. good few months ago now and just just having that opportunity to mm. share the gospel on the radio which mm. you know a half an hour long interview that just doesn't happen on radio these days no. and, and you had that opportunity and and there's been there's been things like that throughout the year hasn't there yeah it's been a really you know it's been a really exciting year and i was so funny enough you know i do a lot of speaking but going into Stephen nolan i was like really nervous and uh, if you do get a chance to hear it I'm not saying, oh, it's the best interview, but it is amazing to hear this man, uh, I don't know, almost like just softening through the interview. And, and during it, he said, you know, there's something about you. He's like a presence around you and a joy around you, which people don't normally say, but it was the Lord. And so it's really cool what happened, yeah. Yeah, it's still on their podcast as well. So you, yeah. can, you can download it for free uh, from the Five Live podcast. You can have a listen to it. Yeah. Just put Andy Hawthorne interview, Stephen Nolan on Google, yeah. and it'll, it'll pop up. So many people are blessed by that. It makes you realise the power of mainstream media. If you can get on the BBC for opportunities like that, it's, it's huge. And we've had, you know, even guys in our building, our team and their family were really touched by that. And, uh, I, you know, I've got a lady in our street who who just, uh, she said, I was just so intrigued. So hopefully she's coming to Alpha and who knows how many times that's happening. Um, around, across the nation when you get the gospel out on the mainstream media. So let's pray we get more opportunities to do that. Absolutely. 
So as we kind of end this year and look look to next year, what are the things that people can be praying for us? So obviously, we've got big dreams, stuff going around the nations. What are the kind of specific yeah. things that you would you'd love people to pray into? Well, if you if you've got impossible dreams which you have, you know, it's impossible to see the ex offenders we work with become fallen disciples. But of course, nothing is impossible for God, as we pray and cooperate with Him. Um, we've got impossible dreams we just shared. Possible to see a culture-changing number of disciples in schools, but why not go for it? So, but it can only happen if we see two things: resources and relationships. We just pray, pray that God will continue to provide. Ah, we call it our faith goal. You know, the gap between what we know is going to come in financially and and what what we need to do everything we believe God's got for us grows all the time, month on month. And, and it can be daunting sometimes, but God's been amazingly faithful. Please pray that God will bring the resources in and pray for the relationships, i.e. the workers. Cause we, you know, we want to alongside, um, partnering with churches like never before for illuminate your city. We want to roll out an Eden team every month. We can only do that. If we get the workers, we've got, churches all over the nation now crying out for eden we need a, a an absolute and the good news is i mean we've got twice as many eden workers moved in 2014 as 2013 which was twice as many as 2012 but if we carry on like that in about 10 years time we'll have a, a million eden workers <laughs> that's all we need you know just to continue growing but, but please pray it will yeah so so we need workers and we need finance and of course we need prayer we need pray for a mobilization of prayer and we're having starting the year, the year with a season of prayer and fasting here at the message uh it'd be great if people would join in just pray and fast and seek god and let's see see something we've not seen yet amazing well thanks andy inspiring stuff as always and uh thanks for listening to this po- uh, flow podcast this year and uh we're just going to end the podcast with some other highlights of the year have a great christmas Lauren grew up in a difficult family situation in a tough part of inner city Sheffield. By her early teens, she felt angry, rejected, and that nobody really understood her. Thankfully, there was an Eden team at work on her estate. They encouraged her to attend a concert where she got to hear Lindsay West from LZ7 talking about the amazing love of God. Lynn said something on stage and it just really hit me. Like It was just like, yeah, that's my story. That's where I'm at. That's, that's how I'm feeling. And, and just at that moment, like... I just encountered God's love for like the first like proper time. It's just incredible. <laughs> Lauren's story proves that where you come from doesn't have to define you. She's committed now to giving her life to sharing God's love with young people just like her. When your life's been changed by people, you believe that God can change their life, and that's that's why I do what I do. When I see that, I'm like, oh yeah, there's hope. There's hope. There's hope for these kids. So me and Dave are part of a team called Vital Signs. Basically, we use hip-hop music to communicate our stories in schools, prisons, communities, and kind of use it as a platform for the gospel of Jesus. So that's what we're doing at the minute. Yeah, it's going good. Um, We're going into schools, prisons, um, using music to share our stories and tell everyone about Jesus as much as we can, because that's what it's all about. The album's out, but it's not really about music for us. It's about Jesus, because he changed our lives. He really did. And like Andy's saying, this actually works. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's, not, it's not just a myth. This actually worked. It changed my life. Not just a one moment I put my hand up, oh yeah, but my life has changed. And I want to let everyone know because it's real. It's the reality. Jesus is alive. Seven years ago, before I was a Christian, 
I grew up in South East London in a place called Peckham. And so I was a gang leader there. I was a crack cocaine and heroin dealer. I used to sell crack cocaine in the estates and, and crack addicts used to come with their kids. And I'll be there selling crack to the mum with her child under her arm, taking money from her. And my life was a mess. I remember I got stabbed five times and my whole life was a mess. But one day I heard that message. One day I heard the message of Jesus Christ. I embraced that message and from that day my life has never been the same again. I'm a brand new man, no longer addicted to weed, no longer a crack cocaine and heroin addict. I've been set free. I know Jesus, been married for five years, got a beautiful three-year-old son. Jesus has been good to me because the message still has power. If you believe that tonight, give him praise. The message still has power. My testimony is pretty cool because Jesus is. Um, and I became a Christian at 11. Uh, one of the first people to get to know Jesus when Eden moved on to our estate. Um, and through that, my mum ended up coming to church, although she promised me she was only coming once or twice. Uh, this has been five years now. She's probably missed about two services. Um, so that, that was great. And that was a massive step in our family. Uh, but then when I decided to be baptised, um, it meant that my dad wanted to see what kind of cult I was getting myself into. Um, so he came along and uh, my minister's talking at the front about halfway through his sermon. And I turn around and my dad, um, if any of you know Tony Wilkinson, like he's big and he's scary and he was in with his black hoodie and his hood up and I turn around and he's bawling his eyes out uh, because the power of God got him in one moment and he gave his life to Jesus. You know, I've, I've had so many opportunities and this was all from somebody that was eating out of bins three years ago. It's only Jesus, it's only Jesus that can do that. Again, just thank you for investing, you're not just investing in my future, you're investing in the kids out there, the wee girl sitting in the council estate that daddy's left her, the wee boy that's sitting there getting abused. You know, I couldn't have got a job anywhere else. And that's what the Message Trust has done for me, is gave me a job, gave me a purpose, something to wake up to every single morning. And I just want to give God the glory tonight. Amen. This love is amazing. Oh, oh, hey, oh, oh. 